0: Okay, so this is part two of our current event and Bible study for seven twenty nine oh seven. In this particular part, we're going to talk about the some of the false Bible versions. Particularly, we're going to key on the NIV, and we're going to look at some of the tenets of the NIV. Some of the things that have went on behind the scenes of that making of that translation. And I don't know if you're aware, but the publisher of the new, new International Version, also referred to as the NIV, also publishes the Satanic Bible. Now, I went and I've expanded... I might have touched on this teaching before in some other... but I've expanded on it. And this is the new. This is the newly updated information. Because I wanted to see if this still was the case. Because, you know, things can change. In 1988, Zondorfan... Now, Zondervan is one of the main publishers of, of Bibles and Christian books. In 1988, Zondervan became a division of HarperCollins. HarperCollins, one of the world's leading English language publishers, HarperCollins is part of New America Publishing Group, a division of News Corporation. Now, this is, that, was straight, that quote I just read you is straight off the Zondervan website, Zondervan Customer Support. Okay? I went up to their website to get this information. Zonderfan Company Statistics, parent company, is Harper College Publishers. Book, products: Zonderfan has 41 Bibles and books with more than 500,000 copies of each in print, including one bestseller with more than 30 million copies in print worldwide. The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren is one of them. Talk about the bestseller, okay. So Zonderfan is yoked up with a good old Rick Warren. Zarner fans' Bibles consistently dominate the CBA Bible bestseller list. I think that probably stands for Christian Bible Association. They consistently dominate. Since, and that, it sounds like they're blowing their, own horn, their horn there, they're consistently dominating CBA Bible seller list. Christian, seller. Christian oh, Christian, well it says CBA. Christian oh, okay. So, Since 1995, Zondervan Bibles have held at least five, and as many as ten, of the top ten positions on the list at any given time. The NIV Study Bible has been the country's best-selling Bible since 2000. Now again, I've got a whole link here. You can go and look at this on their website. I'm not making this stuff up. If you visit online at HarperCollins.com, you will find some very discouraging and, and evil books for sale that are published by this company. There are a number of pro-homosexual titles. Now again, we get, let's, let's do a couple Bible verses here. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the parent companies, HarperCollins, these are wicked companies, and so we're going to see who these companies are even owned by. Now, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. And there's, this whole company's been leavened, and the foundations have already been destroyed, and they're putting out false Bible versions. This is a problem. If you visit HarperCollins.com, you will find some very discouraging and evil books for sale that are published by this company. There are a number of pro-homosexual titles, and amidst these evil books, we will find the following advertisement from the same publishing company. Quote, the foregoing is exerted from the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. All rights reserved. No part of this book may be used or reproduced without written permission from HarperCollins Publishers. And then it gives the address for them. So, see, HarperCollins Publishers, who's the parent company at Zondervan, publishes the Satanic Bible. So, when you buy a anything Zondervan, your your money's ultimately going to 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 feed the HarperCollins empire. They're still they're making money off you. So, you're actually helping to publish the Satanic Bible in a way. Notice that HarperCollins not only publishes homosexual books, they publish the Satanic Bible. So this leading publisher of homosexual books and blatantly Satanic books also publishes the NIV. Well, and it looks like 41 other types of Bibles, too, it says. The NIV is just one. So James 3.12 says, Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain yield both salt and fresh. Can He'll... Salt, fresh water. You can't bow the knee to Baal and bow the knee to Christ. This is the argument that I get into a lot with about people that, that you know, say, oh, well, he he was a Mason, but, you know, George Washington, th- these types of things, or, or these guys that were Masons, well, he's really a good Christian. But how do you bow the knee to Baal when you when you become a Mason, which is exactly what you're doing, or Baphomet, or the Goat of Mendez, or Jabulon, as we talked about in the last uh, teaching? How do you bow the knee to to these devils and then bow the knee to Christ the, the Bible says you can't serve two, two masters you can't a, a, a fountain cannot yield both salt and fresh water a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways woe unto them that call evil good and good evil you can't do it not in God's eyes you you may think you're doing it but you're not you you if you bow the knee to baal you bow the knee to baal you can't bow it to Christ it's all or nothing with Christ. Zonerfan is a subsidiary of HarperCollins, which is owned by News Corp, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Oh! He is one of the biggest producers worldwide of pornography on the planet. And his company, Zonerfan, holds the exclusive distribution rights to the NIV. This conglomerate also publishes The Good News for Modern Man and The Amplified Version. Oh me, the amplified version. We we know some ministries that are totally, totally pushing the amplified. You know the Bible says at the end in Revelation it says if you add unto the words of the book of this prophecy, then they will add unto you the plagues of the of this book. That's all the the amplified does. Is add. Then it says if you take away from the books of this the words of the book of this prophecy, that you will have your book. You will have your name taken out of the book of. Uh, the book of life, if you're a Christian. That's a pretty serious, stern warning. Not something I really want to mess around with. But yeah, Rupert Murdoch, one of the biggest pornographers on the planet, Rupert Murdoch was referred to as basically, he's referred to by the press as the great Satan. This man is evil. Evil beyond our conception. And he's the one that ultimately, if you, if you, put your money and you go to Zondervan, and you buy your NIV corrupt, perverted Bible with 64,098 less words in it than a King James. And I'm not making that figure up, that's an exact figure. 64,098 less words, which is almost 10% of the total text. I wonder who the translators were tithing those words to. Was it God or Satan? Huh. Something to think about. But when you when you ultimately purchase something from Zondervan. You're ultimately up the chain, your money's ultimately going into Rupert Murdoch's pocket. A percentage of it. He owns all the companies all the way down. What does he do? Well, he's just one of the biggest producers of pornography worldwide. Why do you think the Bible says you're destroyed for lack of knowledge? Hosea 4.6. This is something that a person, if they're putting their money into this, they can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because if you if you're putting your money into this, I believe it will affect you spiritually. In these perilous last days, pornography has evolved into a ten billion dollar per year industry. This is not surprising. Once we even begin once we even begin to frown upon the landmarks and the barriers set by the former generations, we are sliding down a slippery slope. The old ways are not good enough for our generation, the old paths are too narrow, which it makes reference to that in Jeremiah. 6.16 and Hebrews 12.13. The old version is too restrictive. We want to wear what we please and view whatever we desire. But once a knot is finally untied, the whole quickly unravels. Pornography never satisfies. If we look at Proverbs 27 verse 20, it says hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of a man are never satisfied. So pornography begets more and more and more. Those who view pornography become enslaved by it they must then become increasingly depraved as they demand things more perverse than before. Romans 126 and Proverbs 119 would confirm this. Pornography breeds sodomy. Now, we're going to do a study in the near future of what sodomy actually really is, the full definition of sodomy, because it's not what you think. And then sodomy breeds child molestation and other vile deeds. Now, I'm not going to say that, that, that everybody that would view pornography goes into child molestation, but it could end up there. Okay? It's just like anything else. If you give Satan a toehold, he's going to have a foothold. And if you're going to give him a foothold, he's going to have his whole body on you. So, yes, this is where a lot of people, they start with pornography and then it ends up elsewhere. It's, it's a proven fact that I think, like, these serial killers you typically start off with mutilating and killing animals. And then they progress up to, to humans. Because they, once they get that, that bloodlust, and then there's a spiritual exchange that takes place when you do this then it's a matter of time before, um, you know, one thing will lead to another. And then sodomy, uh, then it goes on, therefore a society given over to pornography under the guise of, quotes free speech, is a society that is exploding or about to explode with rapists, murders, cannibals, adulterers, molesters, abusers, etc. I think we're going to see a lot of that in the near future, I really do. The word of God and the experience of history teaches that a nation or a kingdom given over to such depravity will quickly self-destruct. The Bible predicts just such a state for the entire world is coming into the tribulation period. Have you seen any of the clips of this show called The Catch a Predator on MSNBC? Oh! It's a show that essentially where they set up these sting operations where these guys go online and think they're chatting with a 13-year-old girl... So this this to catch a predator I mean you know I'm not advocating going up there and watching TV all the time but I'm just saying that these these pedophile guys I mean the, it's just I guess what struck me about it was the links that these guys will go to to sleep with a teenager I mean these guys and and then what gets you is that they get them dead to rights I mean these guys almost every one of them are sending in pictures of their genitalia on 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 the computer. And the guy puts the picture, is that you? Yeah. Well, why were you here? Well, you know, I was actually coming here to Warner. And almost all of the guys on this show plead not guilty. And they have the whole dialogue of the internet chat that they had. And then they have the fact that they're there. And they still plead not guilty. And it goes to show you what a liar so many of these pedophiles become when they go to that depth. Because there's spirits associated with this. And don't think these spirits aren't above the line. And I'm not sitting here to try to, you know, say I'm so much better at condemning. It's just that the fact that these guys would go to all these links, be caught dead to rights, and yet still deny it. Oh, I'm not guilty. I don't know what constitutes guilt, then, if you're not guilty. But no, they, they won't admit it. They And they catch everybody. They catch doctors, they catch... Uh, Everybody you could possibly imagine—they got a guy from FEMA the other day, a doctor. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, the Bible predicts that just such a state for the entire world would be coming in, in the uh, in the tribulation period, basically having a world given over to this type of depravity. Revelation nine twenty one says, "Neither repented they of their murderers." nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor their thefts. The Bible never says we are to be gullible or simple. In fact, it clearly warns against these things. Philippians 1.9 says, In this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. He who is spiritual judgeth all things, remember? Oh, but they'll say, Oh, no, no. We can't judge. People that say that aren't reading their Bible. The only time we are not supposed to judge if we're, is if we're a hypocrite doing the same thing we're judging very clear, very, very clear. It's very, very clear if you read Romans and in the, in the parable uh, that Jesus talked about where he said, judge not lest ye be judged. It's hypocritical judgment that Jesus Christ doesn't like. So we are supposed to judge these things because how are we going to discern it if we don't? Proverbs fourteen fifteen says, the simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going." Ephesians 5.11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That's what we're doing here. We're reproving the works of darkness every single week with what we're talking about here. See, there's not a lot of ministries that are doing this. And a lot of times people might come to me and they, you know, I haven't really had this happen, but they might say, well, you just need to preach the gospel, bless God, and, and you know, just preach, you know something? We're the body of Christ. And everybody has their different calling and their different niche and their different function in the body of Christ. Can a finger say to the eye, Depart of me, I have no need of you? Well, my calling, particularly, is being a watchman and actually exposing these unfruitful works of darkness and reproving them so that light is shed on them and manifests so that hopefully there can be a change that takes place. Because this has not been done, because the politically correct 501c3 corporation, churches under the IRS and the government, can't say these things, because they'll have their tax-exempt status removed, and maybe they'll lose their prestige, and you know they'll lose lose a lot of members, which means losing a lot of money. Well, they can't say these types of things as readily. I'm not under that same bondage. So, you know, this is kind of why I do what, what I do here. Um... Then it goes on to say, But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. See, if we reprove them, then the light shines on them. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And this is what we want. Aren't we supposed to be salt and light as a Christian? Well, salt is a preservative, is a potential irritant. And light always exposes darkness. 2 Corinthians 2.11 lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices, especially in the day and age where Jesus said, be not deceived, more than any other warning that he gave in the Gospels, in regard to the day and time we're living in in the end time. He said it over and over, be not deceived. Why did he say that? Because he knew many, many would be deceived. He said if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. If we believe in a literal devil who is transformed into an angel of light along with his ministers, do we really think that he will not attempt to corrupt the word of God? My second question is, in what manner will he attempt to corrupt it? Will he launch an open attack or a subtle attack? Well, didn't the Bible say that Satan was the most subtle beast of the field when he approached Eve? Well, you think he's changed? I don't think so. He's subtle. And we're going to talk about some of these subtle attacks today. We're not going to get into a big expose on the King James Bible for for time's sake today. But I wanted to key on some of these things about the NIV. Should these new Bible publishers owned by men making millions off of pornography be trusted to provide you with an unadulterated word of God? They live for money. Why Why is it that they are not afraid to promote the NIV if they live for money? Could it be that they know that these versions are so watered down that they will not even hurt their blossoming pornography business? Some good points to think about, you know? Now, this next part, we're going to talk about a little bit more about the NIV. An NIV stylist, original NIV stylist, okay? And we're going to see what that means in a second. Rabid lesbian, new ager, and author of the book Omnigender, A Transreligious Approach, Virginia Mullicott writes, quote, I worked on the NIV during the entire time it was being translated and reviewed. Although I was never free to attend the summer sessions, even when I was invited to do so. Elizabeth Elliott and I were the stylistic consultants. Our job was simple, to make sure the translation would, would clearly would communicate clearly to the modern American readers, and that the style was smooth and understandable as possible. It was never removed, I was never removed, sacked, or made redundant from my work on the NIV. Because a lot of people have accused Virginia Mullencott as never having any part in the NIV original translation. Because she's a rabid lesbian, they wanted to distance themselves from her. Okay. If, now, if she had been removed, my name would have not appeared on the list sent out to the IBS... Probably International Bible Society. It was Dr. Edwin Palmer who lived near my college who invited me to work on the NIV. He had heard me speak and respected my integrity and my knowledge. So far as I know, nobody, including Dr. Palmer, suspected that I was a lesbian while I was working on the NIV. She says it's out of the horse's mouth. She says it. She was a lesbian while she worked on the NIV. Uh, this this uh, on the translation committee. It was an inform- it was information that I kept private at the time. Well, I can see why she would. That was a quote from Virginia Molikot. It has now come to light that the chairman of the NIV's Old Testament translation committee, Dr. Martin Woodstra, was also a homosexual. So now we got two homosexuals and he's the chairman of the Old Testament committee. This is much more serious than Moloccott's involvement. Here we have one of the leading scholars on the NIV, who is a homosexual on the NIV Translation Committee, who's a homosexual. Obviously, this fact compromises the whole project, especially as this fact is well-known by his colleagues for many years. However, only now is this fact coming to the notice of the general public through articles like the one you're reading. Dr. Woodstra, who died early in the 1990s, was a longtime friend of Evangelicals Concerned, Inc. This organization was founded in 1976 by New York psych Psychologist Dr. Ralph Blair as a nationwide task force and fellowship for gay and lesbian evangelical Christians and their friends. (laughs) But, you know, we we just, nobody really cares, really, about this type of information for the most part in the church. It was during a series of research phone calls to Dr. Blair that I first confirmed that Dr. Woodstra's homosexuality uh, I'm just skipping a hitter. Dr. Blair told me that Dr. Woodstra shared the viewpoint of ECI, this Evangelical Concerned Inc., that lifelong, quote, loving monogamous relationships between gay men and women were acceptable to God. He believed that there was nothing in the Old Testament, his special area of expertise, that corresponded to homosexual orientation. The sodomy of the Old Testament simply involved temple rites and gang rape. Right. Right. Please. You, I mean, the Old Testament is harder on the homosexuals than the, than the new. If you really think... I mean, back then, it was that was it. You're done. Stoned. If a man lied with a man. But that's his area of expertise. This is how deceived these people is so self-deluded that they, that they bring themselves to. This is a guy that's... his specialty is the Old Testament. And yet he, he can still have this leap of logic to say that it's okay? Well, they'll do anything to condone their own sin... Notice the similarity between this view and that of Virginia Mollicott. Dr. Blair clearly stated to me on the phone on September twenty-third, 1997, that Dr. Woodstra, a lifelong bachelor, was a homosexual. He he intimated that other members of the NIV Translation Committee were also quite supportive of ECI, which is this, this support group for gay and lesbian evangelical Christians. Other members... Of the, transla- of the NIV translation committee, but he would not tell me who they were for obvious reasons. He later called them bigger names than Dr. Woodstra. So, in other words, there was probably other people on there that, if they weren't totally homosexuals, they were supportive of the homosexual lifestyle. Which, how do you reconcile that with a Bible-believing Christian? As Dr. Martin Woodstra theolo- as to Dr. Dr. Martin Woodstra's the- theology. He was once the Old Testament professor at Calvin's Seminary, the the College of the Christian Reformed Church, Dutch Calvinist. Over 70% of this denomination's churches now use the NIV as their primary Bible. Wow. In June of 1991, issue of the Episcopal Monthly entitled The Witness, Virginia Mollencott testified, Now we're going back to Virginia Mollenkot, she testified, quote, My lesbianism has always been part of me. I tried to be heterosexual. I carried myself off, but what I did ultimately, but what I did ultimately realize was that God created me as I was, and that this is where life was meaningful as a lesbian. What an abomination from the pit hell! And this woman should be working on the on the uh, on the Bible as as uh, the NIV Bible as a stylist, helping to make sure the translation was was easily readable by the American populace. In 1993, Mollicott published a book entitled, Sensuous Spirituality, Out of out from Fundamentalism, in which she reflected on her rejection of fundamentalism, her lesbian coming out, and her fe- belief in a female god. Mollicott concludes that in a very physical sense, we are all gay. We are all lesbian. We are all heterosexual. We are all bisexual because we are all one. What a new age lie from the pit of hell. That was on page 153 if you want to look it up. Her view of the kingdom of God on earth is is a society in which lesbian women, bisexual people, and gay men are going to be accepted as first-class citizens in the church and society as a whole. That's also on page 153. Malloncott claims that providing mutual sexual pleasure, whether it be homosexual or bisexual or whatever, is one of the most important things in life. At November 1993 reimaging conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which was sponsored by the World Council of Churches, Mollenkot said, "...Jesus is firstborn only in the sense that he was the first to show us that it is possible to live in oneness with the divine source while we are here on this planet. As an incest survivor, I can no longer worship in a theological context that depicts God as an abusive parent, referring to Christ's death on the cross." And Jesus as the obedient, trusting child. Who cares what you can do? Now notice what she said. As an incest victim. What did I say before? It's a proven fact that the vast majority of lesbians and uh, the gay people have been abused by either a, you know, same-sex, opposite-sex at an early age is going to mess you up real bad. Real bad. Okay? Now, that's tragic. Okay? And that is tragic. But the fact remains as they grow up and they get into this lifestyle, and then they perpetuate the lifestyle, which is exactly what Satan's goal is for all this. In 1994, Molenkatt published The Divine Feminine, the biblical imagery of God as a female. In this book, she describes God as the one mother of us all, page 19. In the year 2001, Molenkatt published Omnigender, a trans religious approach. Among other things, she describes her aversion to wearing dresses. One of the greatest benefits of coming out publicly as lesbian as a lesbian was that I could go through my closets and give away all my dresses and skirts except for the few Gertrude Steenish floor length skirts that somehow seemed less an affront to my nature. End of quote. So yeah, those are a couple people that worked on the NIV. So okay, so we got the NIVs published by HarperCollins, okay, uh, published by Zahner, subsidiary of HarperCollins, who publishes the Satanic Bible, who's owned by Rupert Murdoch, who's the pornography king, and he's also referred to as the Great Satan. The NIV that has 64,098 less words in it than a King James Bible. Almost 10% of the total text has been removed. The watered down NIV that has removed whole verses from the Bible. And if you doubt that, please email me. I'll send you the NIV Bible quiz where we'll give you a whole bunch of verses to look up in your NIV that aren't even there. They're gone. They've been removed. I'm not making this stuff up. And they'll skip the verse. They'll go from verse 14 to 16 and skip verse 15 altogether. Unless you're paying attention, you'll never notice. The NIV, who has on its revision committee at least two rabid homosexuals that have admitted, oh, you know, but there's no problem here. Well, let's look a little further. This is from a guy named David Daniels. Change, it was entitled, Changing God's Words. What's new about that? The new NIV Bible translation. Did you know there's a new one? It's called the TNIV. Has finally gotten Bible scholars' attentions to God's word. So, so this is the TNIV. This is the new and improved NIV. Wayne Gr- Gutham wrote a scathing article in World Magazine against the TNIV and its publisher, Zondervan, and its copyright holder, International Bible Society, in, or, or also known as IBS. In his article, Changing God's Words, he listed 15 changed verses from the NIV to the TNIV and five bad principles of TNIV translation, such as removing whole phrases from the Bible. What do you mean? The NIV's already done that. Well, so what? The TNIV's just going to make it worse. This is, the, this is the goal of Satan, to keep producing more and more and more lukewarm, watered-down Bibles... ...till you get to the point where you can't even get saved out of one of these Bibles. There's no power in it. There's no sanctification in it. It's not God's Word. All it is is a stinking perversion. That's all it is. He may not realize it, but the words have been removed from the Bible for almost 1,800 years. Over 17 whole verses and thousands of words are missing in most of the modern translations... ...and almost no one notices... And it's not just the TNIV, there's also, there's also verses missing from the NIV, the NASV, the Message Bible, the NLT, the Holman CBS, and hundreds of others. Why? Because for 120 years scholars have been printing the wrong Bible. This is what it goes back to. The revised version of eighteen eighty one. Let's look about, let's look at this a little further. You see there are two streams of Bibles not just one each stream of bibles have its, has its own history the northern stream originated in antioch syria where the disciples were first called christians if you reference acts 11:26 these believers faithfully occupied and accurately translated the bible why because they believe god's promise to preserve his words where does he where does he promise to preserve his words well in psalm verse 12 verse 6 and 7 it says for uh, for no that's uh th- the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. That was Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7. Okay, and then Matthew 24, 35. Let's just look that one up. Matthew 24, 35. Which says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now the Bible also says, forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. So if the Bible you're reading doesn't match the words that are settled in heaven, then there's a problem. They've been polluted. And there's only one stream that's maintained that type of integrity. And we're going to talk about that. So going back to this article, it says, and they didn't want to add sin by adding to or taking away from God's holy Bible. Let's just look at this real quick. Revelation 22 verse 18 and 19. So it's at the very, very... It's, it's how the Bible ends. Okay? I think you want to pay attention to how the Bible ends. Verse 18, Revelation 22, For I testify in every, every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto this book, if any man shall... if any man shall add unto... Okay, hold on. Here are the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Well, that's a pretty incredibly stern warning. Okay, that's what God said. Let's just go a little bit further. Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 2. Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 2. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live, and go in and possess the land which which the Lord... God your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. See there's a lot of warnings in regard to this. You do not want to mess with the word of God. Then Proverbs thirty verse five and six. Proverbs verse thirty verse five and six. Every word of God is pure. He is, an, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto His words, lest He reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Well, that's what the Amplified does in every single verse. It adds unto the words of this book. Well, what does it say will happen to you when you add unto the words? That you will be reproved, and you will be found a liar. Well, I'm telling you, it really, really matters what Bible version you're reading. I think the Bible clearly bears that out. The Bible believers in Antioch took God at his word. So God preserved his words through Antioch. One of the translations made there was the Old Latin, which spread across the Roman Empire all the way to England before 200 A.D. The Reformation was started by men who received God's word in Greek or Old Latin. The New... The 1500 saw men advances in English translation. But God settled his word in English in 1611 with the advent of the King James Bible. God's word in English. The other stream is the perverted southern stream that began in Alexandria, Egypt. Now, the Bible says, in, in, even when he, when he admonishes kings in the Old Testament, it says that not even to go to Egypt to get horses. Especially you don't want to go to Egypt to get the word of God. Okay? Because Egypt is always, typically, always associated with something evil. Okay? It's not a place that you want to go to. Uh, from a spiritual sense, or, or even from a physical sense in the Bible, it was it was not a place that, that was ever associated with, with good things that were of God. Okay? It was usually associated with paganism and idolatry and things of those natures. So these geniuses, especially a fake Christian leader named Origen, decided that God didn't mean what he said. He didn't believe in much of the, of the Bible's miracles, Jesus' words, or even that Jesus Christ is Almighty God. So he removed God's words, that he said Jesus is God. Thousands of other words, and often wrote his own opinions instead. But in Alexandria, things aren't that simple. Their, quote, scholars didn't merely hate God's words. They couldn't agree on what to write in their fake Bibles. In the 300s and 400s, when the famous Synaticanus and the Vaticanus and the Alexandrius manuscripts were written, they disagreed in over 3,000 places in the Gospels alone. What a mess. Now, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, they, they, these guys, you know, they, it just goes to show you the folly of this. So these counterfeit Bibles began to spread in the early 300s when Constantine ordered 50 Alexandrian Bibles. Like Alexandria, Egypt. Okay? Later in the century, Jerome was commissioned to make Origins Bible in Latin. Also called the Roman Catholic Latin Vulgate was born. I always think of Vulgate as Vulgar. That's a good mnemonic for you. Okay? Because sometimes, you know, you can look at these and, and you think, well, is that a good Bible? Or is that a bad Bible? Well, I always associate the Vulgate with Vulgar. Anyway, little little tip for you. When the Bible doubters got together in the 1800s to, quote, fix the King James Bible, this was Westcott and Hort, these two basically occultic clergymen that had a club called the uh, Ghostly Guild, where they went together and they got together with guys like Charles Darwin, and they had science, seances and stuff like that, and talked to the dead. And I'm not making this stuff up. And they also had a club called the Club of Hermes. Hermes, I believe, was like the god of death. And they, they had these nice occultic clubs where they would get together. But these are the guys that were responsible for taking the corrupt Vaticanus and the Sinaticus manuscripts, and, uh, which were from the Catholic Church. The Vaticanus was found in the Vatican, and the Sinaticus was supposedly found in a trash can at the base of Mount Sinai. That's why they called the Sinaticus in a, one of these, um, I think it was like some kind of monastery... And they took these two corrupt manuscripts and they they produced the uh, revised version of 1881. Which spawned all the modern day translations essentially. So what you hold in your hand is a Catholic, is the byproduct of a corrupt Catholic manuscript that was translated by a cultist into the, the, uh, if you hold an NIV, then you've got two, uh, two, as we know, homosexuals on the translation committee. You think your Bible might be a little bit corrupt? You think it might affect you in a spiritual way reading that Bible? Let me tell you something. I didn't get my eyes to what was open to what was going on in the Pentecostal church until I yielded to the King James Bible being the Word of God. Now, I had no idea that was the way it was going to work out. But, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I think that it's that important. I got my eyes open when I finally yielded to that. And all of a sudden, things that I didn't see before, now I saw clearly. And I can't explain it other than that. I think I had my spiritual eyes opened. Not to say I was like, Perfect or something, but I'll tell you what, I got shown a lot of stuff when I finally yielded to that. So, the problem you run into is that the Southern Alexandrian Roman Catholic stream, all the modern versions are traced to this polluted stream with missing verses and changed meanings. The attitude, you know, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus. Um, had so many conflicts just in those two manuscripts that they finally, Westcott and Hort, finally laid a rule down. They said, listen, we've got so much disagreement between these two corrupt versions that whenever the Vaticanus disagrees with Sinaiticus, we're just going to choose the Vaticanus. Because it came from the Vatican, so it must be a little bit better. Okay. But that's that's basically was their method of translation. Oh, that, that works, you know. The fruit of these Bibles is obvious. The northern stream has always produced faith in God and revivals, the Southern Stream also produces revivals of doubt. I mean, a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. I mean, you, you go. God is not the author of confusion. I remember being at the Charismatic Pentecostal Church that of years and years ago that I was in, and I remember like you know the pastor was reading from one version, and everybody else had different versions, and how could you follow him because we all have different Bibles? That in of itself, God is not the author of confusion. Rather than fight over a few missing or changed words in an already perverted Bible, why not simply read what God himself preserved for you in the classic English, the King James Bible? You will then be able to say with confidence, thus saith the Lord. So, for a full description of the real and counterfeit streams of the Bible manuscripts, David Daniels has a book called, Did the Catholic Church Give Us the Bible? Now, you can get this from chickpublications.com, www.chick.com. You can get it from them. And they've got all kind of defense books on almost every facet of the King James Bible that you can get. And I highly recommend you do that if you haven't, if you're having doubts. And I can also email you. I have a whole study I've done on this that I can email this to you in a word format or an email format where it will walk you through this whole thing. I mean, we just touched on one little aspect of this today. But there's a lot more that you can get into. So we're going to go ahead and close out this session for today. And may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.